Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Jets, a very special edition of Just Jets. Why? Because it's episode 200. I've done 200 of these Just Jets programs. It's been going on for a few years now, and I appreciate the support so, so much. I am your host, Matt O'Leary. We have a lot to get into today. It wouldn't be a Jets podcast episode without some much-needed criticism and uh, coming off of a deflating loss to a divisional opponent. Like It almost fits too good for episode 200 to come this week. It's been the perfect, perfect analogy for when I started covering this team on on YouTube in particular. I mean, really, I would say from 2018-ish, that 2018 season was like kind of when I was first starting, really, 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 really all invested in it, 2019 and beyond. So right in time for the Adam Gase era and just... As you would have figured, well, things are going really, really poorly. So we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers not coming back in 2023, a very bizarre future for this New York Jets team, and of course, answer your voicemails. But before we do that, a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped, baby. All right, Mary Balmis from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders and below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this holiday season with Manscaped's brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use our code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-20, for 20% off and free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. They've been a big supporter of mine as a sponsor of this podcast for a long time, so I appreciate Manscaped, and I appreciate you listening as well. Use something nice over at Manscaped.com with my code JETS20. All right, let's hop into this episode because, as I said, naturally, it can't be just a, oh, this team lost to a divisional opponent. No, no, no. It is never that that simple it's not just oh you know they lost to their you know their division rival you know it it, it somehow is much much worse than that so the Jets got you excited they they did they let us right into their damn trap like they always do with this team all right so the Jets against the Texans remember that not that long ago the Jets put up 30 points on offense in a half and it was what the hell is going on with this team they scored three offensive touchdowns that's allowed you can do that two touchdown passes uh a, a rushing touchdown as well right like how many how many times have we we seen that from this Jets team <laughs> not in a long time, unfortunately. Not in a very, very long time. And then they follow up a 30-point offensive performance with a big, fat old goose egg. A zero spot. A zero spot. So, I guess let's start by with the Rodgers return, and then we'll get into the complicated future. But the Rodgers return is a story that came out just yesterday, so not necessarily... Uh, having to do exactly with this Miami Dolphins game, but it kind of ties in well to it and why it's a complicated future 
for the New York Jets. So Aaron Rodgers goes on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. He goes on and he says that he will not be playing in the 2023 season. Well, he didn't even really flat out come out and say that, but his words like, hey, I'm not at 100%. If the Jets were still in the mix for a playoff spot, he would have pushed to come back. At this point, he should be 100% his words in a few weeks roughly by the start of the playoffs, which just gets you that much more aggravated because Aaron Rodgers could have made a historic uh, comeback if the Jets stayed in the mix. Unfortunately, they were unable to uh, do that, and he's going to not be activated and not start for this New York Jets team, which makes sense, right? Because as we said here, if you're out of the mix for the playoffs, why put yourself or put Aaron Rodgers through that, it that doesn't make any sense. The bigger thing is what he said after, after it was the, oh, I won't be playing uh, this year in 2023. He is coming back to the New York Jets in 2024, and it sounds like he is playing for not only one year, two and beyond. It, it is... He feels rejuvenated since coming to the New York Jets, this passion that he has, and His plan is to play multiple years for the New York Jets. So more than likely will be the quarterback in 24 and 2025. Beyond that is a guesstimate, but I think the Jets are are planning and Rodgers is planning that he will be here for the next at least two years. That is where things begin to get a little bit complicated with uh, with, Aaron Rodgers' return. Because then you go into, and this is maybe the next place where we can go, the complicated future for the New York Jets. Matt, why is it a complicated future that you just said Aaron Rodgers is coming back? And while I am happy about that, I am glad that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the New York Jets in 2024. I don't know if the GM or the coach are that guy. And now you could say, well, Rodgers goes down four plays into the season. They've had a ton of, you know, uh, injuries. But I am really, really sick and tired of the excuses at this point for both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. They said, you lost a game 30 to nothing to your division rival in the Miami Dolphins just a couple of weeks after You were embarrassed by them in the first place, right? Like you were embarrassed by them in the first place. And now you lose this game to a division rival. Fantastic. Great. 30 to nothing did not show. Not showing is an indication on the coaching staff, right? That is a big thing. But a big reason why they struggled in this game is why. The offensive line. The offensive line was horrific in this game against the Miami Dolphins, the worst it's looked all year long. And I know they've had a million injuries to it. I get that. But how about some numbers for this Robert Sala and Joe Douglas duo as they are in their third year in the division, the New York Jets are three and 14. Seven of those 14 losses have been by double digits and five have been 20 plus point losses. They are not just losing in their division. They are getting blown out in their division. Blown out in their division. And again, like 
I understand the the injuries, but you look around the league and you see these other teams who did have significant injuries. For instance, the Cleveland Browns are starting Joe Flacco, who they signed off the street. Remember Joe Flacco? But they have they're missing multiple offensive linemen. They lost to Sean Watson, who they pay a ton of money to to come in and play quarterback. They lost their best offensive weapon in Nick Chubb, and they are still finding ways to win games. Why? Well, they have more talent at other areas that you could make that case for the New York Jets. But also, their offensive staff isn't an absolute joke. That's a big help. The Jets' offensive staff is a joke. And one of the things that Robert Sala, I think, needs more heat on, and when looking at this 2024 season, more blame should go towards Joe Douglas than Robert Sala. But Robert Sala, like, this is the the offensive staff that Robert Sala put together is not a good one. And Woody Johnson very clearly meddled in, in trying to get Mike LaFleur fired, and he was the scapegoat for last year. You bring in Nathaniel Hackett, and Hackett without Aaron Rodgers is basically Adam Gase 2.0. But then you bring in Todd Downing, a failed coordinator with the Tennessee Titans, and Keith Carter and all of his flaws in here. And Keith Carter, I think, is a big reason for these offensive line injuries by how they practice. You've heard how many veterans have come out against Keith Carter now? Specifically, the most you know famous one, Taylor Lewan, talking about uh, the the injuries and how the line was banged up. And by the year's end, everybody was banged up because of the practices they've been running for months and months and months, and not playing into resting the vets. And guess what? Now their offensive line is all banged up, but. It is truly remarkable for someone like Joe Douglas, who, as you, as I said, he's going to be back. One of the things that Robert saw, oh, excuse me, I keep saying Robert Sala. Why? Aaron Rodgers said in this Pat McAfee show appearance was his faith in Hackett, Sala, and Douglas. Reading between the lines, I would say there is a really good chance that all three of those guys are back there. Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and Nathaniel Hackett. This is not me coming on here and saying that that is the right decision. This is me coming on here and saying, look, I think this is the reality of what the situation is and that these guys are going to get you know, brought back. And I understand you know, the, the rebuild with, with Joe Douglas and the injuries and that he's 25 and 55 as, as the general manager. If he's back next year, which he more than likely will, he's going to have 100 games as the general manager under his belt. Look, I'm not saying it has to happen overnight, but I think we've been pretty patient as Jeff fans. It's been, let's not even count, don't count the 2019, but he had a 2020 draft class, 21, 22, and 23. That's four draft classes and four free agency periods that were on him. And the team has missed the playoffs every single time. And again, I understand this year with Aaron Rodgers as the caveat. And that's probably why all these guys are getting a pass for this season. Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays in. But I think it is a legitimate criticism, a legitimate criticism of Joe Douglas 
for this offensive line because it's year four and they have not been remotely, remotely, remotely close to having a capable offensive line. When he got here, he told Sam Darnold's parents in 2019 that he was going to fix the offensive line and that was his biggest thing. He's a former offensive lineman himself. That's supposed to be his strength. It's obvious. It's his biggest weakness. It is his biggest weakness as a GM not being able to build up that offensive line. He was the first round pick on Makai Becton, and I am I'm happy for Makai that he's been for the most part healthy this year and played in 14 of 15 games, or or, or 13 of 14, what however many yeah 13 of 14. But you you missed two years that from him, and he's played himself into a spot where you cannot re-sign Makai Becton. So that's a wash. That's a miss. Zach Wilson is a, is a clear miss, no matter the mental gymnastics that people will go to to say that it, Zach Wilson has zero blame for anything going on with this organization. And I get it, Zach Wilson dealt the perfect of hands, but again, the mental gymnastics for some of these guys and Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, for what they've actually shown on the field over the last three years is flat out insane to me. They On the call to Zach Wilson, they said we're going to lift you up, not the other way around. And year after year after year, the offensive line is still not good enough. How? They're playing this year. Like, you could point to, and we're going to get it, I know the comment section all too well. I know what's coming. They're going to say, well, you can't plan for losing you know, how, however X amount of guys on the offensive line. But you know what you can plan against? Your plan A on this offensive line was Dwayne Brown at left tackle, who is a Band-Aid fix in his late 30s, barely holding on, wasn't even that good last year when you brought him in after an emergency when Makai Becton was lost for the season. And then, oh yeah, by the way, mentioning Makai Becton, he's your plan at right tackle. The Jets... Handed, they gift wrapped Dwayne Brown the job. They said there there was zero competition, and that's a big problem with the the staff and this regime in, in total. They don't have any competition for anything. They hand these jobs to these people, unless you're Sauce Gardner. For some reason, Sauce Gardner has to go above and beyond to to win a job. But it's mainly veteran heavy is is the point. But you know, Zach Wilson never had any competition for uh, either a starting job as, as a youngster or even as QB2. There was no QB2 competition. Tim Boyle's the competition. Please, please, let's be real here, folks. That That is not a competition. But going into a season where you have, you know, w- winning expectations, your tackles are Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton. That's why people like me, I was, I was critical of, of the Jets not doing enough on the offensive line. I said they are banking. I said the offensive line has high variance this year. High variance was the word that I used. Go back and watch old old episodes. I said there's a chance if they all play to their potential and their ceiling, they could be really good. But there is a lot of injury risk with this line with Dwayne Brown and Makai Becton specifically. Both those guys hurt, missed time, ineffective when in there. Uh, you lose Connor McGovern. You lose Joe Tipman for a time. You lose AVT for a season again. Like, there is no excuse. The Jets have to put so many resources into building up the offensive side of the ball in the offseason. Offensive line and more wide receivers. That's the, And a real QB, too. 
Those are like the three biggest things that the Jets have to do. Yes, like Bryce Huff extension would be something that I'd love to see. You got to figure out what you're doing at, at safety, right? Because uh, Jordan Whitehead's a free agent. You maybe you're restructuring mostly, and there's some other guys on defense that you could restructure and play around with. Special teams, okay, like you're bringing back Morstead and Zerline. They should. Uh, Ash and Dave, like there are some questions and some things you have to figure out, but that is so far down the list in the pecking order. It is figure out what the hell you're doing on the offensive line to revamp it and what other weapons at the wide receiver position are you bringing in? Because it was an abject, abject failure from Joe Douglas there. And Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to get a pass for it this year. They are coming back next year. But the pressure is cranked all the way up. I cannot stress enough the scrutiny that's going to be, or the the lens, the microscope that they are going to be under. They're going to get a pass for this year. They're getting a long leash. I don't want to hear, again, another thing, another narrative that I don't want to hear is that the Jets move off of guys too quickly because if any other organization, any other organization, Zach Wilson is not getting 30-plus starts with how he's looked in his career. That's an insane leash, an insane leash for someone who has performed as poorly as he has. Joe Douglas, again, 25 and 55. That's 80, that's what, 80 games? He's been the GM for 80. And to have a winning percentage as low as, as as he has and to still be here. And Robert Sala and his winning percentage. And once again, I understand the caveats that are going to be pushed, the, the pushback that there's going to be. Well, Joe Douglas had to do the teardown. And well, there was the injuries. And that I am just so, so done with the excuses. So it is a complicated future for the New York Jets. It's not as easy as, oh, they're just going to run it back and pretend 2023 never happened. You know, the, the men in black meme where you hit the button, bink, and your, and your memory is forgotten, and you just everything's fine, and you're going to go in. There is immense pressure on Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, as there should be, because the Jets clinched the longest active playoff drought in all, uh, like another year of it. They've had it forever, right? The, it's the Jets... And the Buffalo Sabers with the longest active playoff drought in the four main in the four major sports in North America: NHL, NBA, MLB, NBA. You know the the whole not NFL, the all of it, all of it. They have the longest thirteen years. So I saw a trend going around on on Twitter. Uh, I saw it first from Jets today. So I quote tweeted it, and it was uh, a, a picture, right? It was a challenge of show yourself in 2010, the last time the Jets made the playoffs, versus now. So I did it. You know, I, I play along. I, I like doing those things. I think it's fun and it's a good way to, you know, we're, we're all in this together. And going for me going as a 15-year-old to a 28-year-old, you see a difference. But the ones that were so, so jarring are the one, when you have people literally growing up over the time in a playoff drought. There were, pic- there were people sending me pictures with like, oh, like this one guy holding his baby and then, like, now he's fully grown. He's, like, six feet tall and, like, standing next to him. Or there was one of two young kids that was, was tweeted at me. And it's, like, the, the youngest one's starting high school next year and the other one's driving. And they're, like, infants and toddlers. The amount they, – they are just so inept. And it is so, so, so frustrating, man. It really is. I, I, I truly can't believe it. But the playoff – list streak has to stop 
And I don't think it's asking too much from either Joe Douglas or Robert Sala. And if they don't make it next year, I don't want to hear any excuse. I don't care what I, 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 I don't care about the injury excuse or anything else. You have to find a way. Just it is your job to find a way. You're paid millions and millions and millions of dollars. You've had a leash for Sala would be four years and Joe Douglas will be going into year six. Figure it the F out. Let's get into voicemails. We have a lot of voicemails to get into. Had a ton, a ton of calls. Unfortunately, not able to get to everybody. If we did, we'd be here all day long. We got like, I think I'm able to fit in like 10 or 11 calls in here. We're going to go through. Uh, We will start things off with Connor from Long Island. Wants to talk some Zach Wilson and some Roger Saffold. All right, let's do it, Connor. Hey, Matt, this is Connor. I've called into your pregame show a few times as of late. I'm calling from Long Island. Just a few things to touch on from today's putrid performance. I mean, there were no positives to look at. We had three yards of total offense in the first half. CBS actually put a graphic up with one minute left in the second half. The We had three yards of offense. Rather, the Dolphins had three touchdowns and five sacks. They had more sacks than yards of offense we had. And the same amount of yards we had, they had that amount of touchdowns. I mean, it was just terrible. The O-line has been remarkably bad all year, but this is the worst the O-line has ever looked. I mean, and when I I don't even know what to believe. The reporting this year has not been at its best. Zach coming out because he's dehydrated, then has ruled a head injury, but not a concussion. I don't know. I think it might have to do with something reluctant to play. When I saw him walk off that field, I didn't think, I didn't know if I'd ever see him in a Jets uniform again. I mean, has anyone checked on Roger Saffold? I mean, he's better than every lineman except Tipman on that line. He's better than every one of them, and he's not active. Like, is he alive? And Beckton. I was never a big fan of the Beckton draft pick. I always wanted Lamb or Judy. I thought he was going to be a solid O-lineman, though, but I still didn't want him. He was, he's been injured forever, and when he's healthy, he's getting false starts holding and bad blocking. I mean, and one last thing to touch on sure. before I let you go. Um, DJ Reed had a very difficult time keeping up with Waddle as he went for 140 yards and a very long touchdown. I mean, imagine if that was Tyreek Hill. He would have had 250 yards and two touchdowns. All right, thank you, man. Have a good rest of your show. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Connor's been getting involved, throwing his name in the hat uh, in the Jets' content community. He's, As he mentioned, he called in a couple, uh, I think the last two weeks to the to the pre-game, pregame stream. I know he's checked in on Jets Talk and I was watching I had Jake Asman on a couple days ago uh, while I was editing and I and I saw his call into the Jake Asman show. Really love to see a, a, a young, knowledgeable Jets fan and shout out shout out to you, Connor, because I, I love what you bring to the table. Clearly a, a, a smart uh, and knowledgeable young football fan, and uh, I'm f- sorry for for you. You haven't gotten any of you know the the fun Jets years, and I'll say you know fun in air quotes because you know even people you know my age, I'm 28. They we haven't seen I haven't seen a, a Jets Super Bowl, but at least growing up in the you know early 2000s is when I started realizing you know what the hell's going on. I remember you know 04 playoffs, 06, 09, 10, that's four times I remember my team in the playoffs and 2008 was a fun one even though they didn't make it, but like 
just getting back to the main point of, of this call from our guy Connor here. DJ Reed had a tough one. I wish they weren't so stubborn and would travel Sauce Gardner around. And like, let's let's be honest, DJ Reed didn't have a good game, but Reed has been stellar for the New York Jets over the last two years. He's played what, what close to thirty games now, probably as a New York Jet, and he's had what two bad games. He's been great. Oh, that was the first touchdown he allowed all year. Was the big one over the top. He got beat. Like he got he got beat. He had a really tough day against Jalen Waddle. There's no shame in that. There's no denying that it, you know that that wasn't the case. He got beat. Sometimes you got to tip your cap. But why the Jets never adjusted and traveled Sauce Gardner over is something I truly don't understand. They so they're blue in the face. They will tell you that you know that's not their way. They will not do it. And unfortunately, a lot of coaches and. It's true on the offensive side of the ball, and maybe it's just because the Jets have had uh, specifically so many defensive coaches that in my mind, like, obviously I watch the NFL, but I watch the Jets with such a more hyper-focused look that I go to Jets examples first. But I could think of Mangini, Rex, Sala, three defensive guys as head coaches. One of their biggest flaws is how stubborn they are to trying to do things their way and make it work their way instead of adjusting on the fly. Salah's defense normally this year has been great in the second half of games. Uh, so they have been able to make some adjustments right earlier in the year, more specifically. But this is one when you're just letting yourself get beat by one guy that Tyreek wasn't playing. Put your best against their best, especially after he was getting beat. That that one is really, really frustrating to me. Really frustrating to me. It's crazy. And then the reporting on the Zach injury was just absolutely nuts. I appreciate it again, Connor. Let's go out to... Uh, we got Rob calling in from Long Island. Wants to talk about the future of the New York Jets. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. What's going on? Rob from Long Island. How are you, man? Just calling to... Uh... You know, obviously recap what happened today, but, you know, now looking on the broader perspective, um, you know, I, is it just me or is it kind of feeling like everything's a mess again? You know, just with next year in regards, banking on Rodgers coming back and you no know, offensive line, you know, got to get a receiver. It just, it just feels feels like a mess all over again. I just wanted your take on the future now, like break down a little bit about what we can do to just keep on pace with some of these teams like you're watching today, the Bills dominating Dallas and San Francisco dominating, um, just some dominating performances. And like, how are we going to be there next year? If that even is something that could happen. Right. Yeah. I understand. Like, they just have to do a better job of putting pieces around Aaron Rodgers next year. I talked about the offensive line, wide receiver, a veteran backup quarterback. Uh, I would say draft a, a rookie quarterback to actually redshirt and sit, right? Because with the news that Aaron Rodgers is coming back to play another two years, Zach Wilson's contract is expiring after next year. He does not fit the timeline. You are not giving him a $23 million fifth-year option. Thank you, Zach. Fortunately, it didn't work out. Going to try to trade you somewhere, and don't give me the fear that he is going to turn into something somewhere else. Maybe he'll be Geno Smith. That is a one-in-a-million shot. 
that G, you know that you, someone turns into a Geno Smith. But the same thing that people said about you know Sam Darnold, the Jets are going to rue the day they let Sam Darnold goes. He goes to Carolina, stinks. Is a backup quarterback, stinks is harsh. I'm I, I'm sorry, it's just frustrating with this team. But is a backup level quarterback. Zach Wilson, probably the same thing. Will bounce around as a backup quarterback for a few years before bowing out and having a nice career doing something back in Utah. But having a young rookie quarterback to sit behind two veterans and you take it from there talking mid-round pick it doesn't have to be the first round pick because one they need a weapon whether it's an offensive lineman or a wide receiver whatever the hell it is you got to figure out a way to uh improve there but i understand the the frustration hopefully they make some changes to the staff like we know that nathaniel hackett's coming back but does keith carter rob calabrese guys do they have to come back the running back coach have to come back? I don't think that that's a necessity. Let's go to PG calling in from Long Island. He's got some frustration. Hello, Matt. PG calling from Long Island. What's up, man? Mike Tyson has a famous saying that everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face. Well, apparently the Jets were punched in the face very early in this game because any plan they had went out the window coaches were able to make no adjustments uh it was just a debacle uh it's just it's horrible i mean 30 nothing to miami one of your rivals division rivals showed no fight showed no ability to to match anything that was going on offensive line was as horrendous as any offensive line i've ever seen and sure they have injuries so the dolphins offensive line so yep yep I don't know what's going on. Uh, you pointed the coach in and obviously, you know, the, the offensive line coach Carter, maybe he's great. Maybe it's just, they just don't have the, Boom, he stinks. you know, the, the studs to, to do the job. But I mean, Beckton just was horrible and, you know, he's, he's one of our starters. It's just, it's frustrating. Uh, this season, obviously, obviously he's out the window. Uh, all we can do is, you know, try and develop some of the, the younger players and, you know, hope for a good draft and some good offseason stuff and, and hope Aaron Rodgers comes back next year. But uh, the one thing I will say is it just seems that the Jets consistently get out coached and, you know, 30 nothing to Miami and then shut out after that 30 points in the second half last year, last uh, week. I don't know. I don't know what to say, um, except, you know, what they say. Wait till next year. I guess that's that's all we have going. All right, Matt, um, your thoughts on the coaching? I'd love to hear. Go Jess. Yeah, it's they're coming back. Uh, I've defended Robert Sala more than most, and the reason behind that is, one, I think how good his defense has, has played, but also I think – it was more of a. It was I was overcorrecting for other fans giving Joe Douglas more of a pass when I think they should share more of the because before maybe the last few weeks it's been a lot more heat on Robert Sala and less on Joe Douglas. Where I put for this year, I don't know how you can't blame Joe Douglas. To me, that he is the biggest blame uh, for for this season. Um, 
So I, I, I'm not sure if this coach is the guy. I have no idea if this head coach is the guy or not. Um, <laughs> oh, God. It's frustrating, right? Like, it, it's so fr- – because now you're running it back with this group more than likely, but you don't know. It's an unknown, and it's a question mark. And Joe Douglas is going into his last year under contract with the Jets. He's not going to be a lame duck guy, so you're going to extend him. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they should do. But it's the frustration. PG is more than appropriate. They have not been good enough for a really, really long time, and it's an absolute joke. It's it's sad. Is actually what it is. It's it's legitimately sad. Let's go next up to uh, Joe calling in from PA. And he wants to talk about falling into the trap. And guess what? I did the same thing. What's going on, Matt? This is Joe. I'm calling in from uh, PA. What's up, man? I'm originally from East Rutherford. You know what I'm saying? So familiar with the uh, the Jets Giants my whole life. Listen, man, this is this has been more than abysmal to watch these Jets, man. Like not the defense. Respect to those boys. And I feel so bad to watch those boys go out every week and see nothing from it. And holy hell, man, this is this is hard. And this is this Dolphins game, like I have friends who are Dolphins fans. My brother's a Dolphins fan. And Sorry, I, was, I was, I fell into the trap. The trap of the Jets blew out the Texans last week. And and then they come out, and, think, and I had the hope, like every Jets fan probably did today, that, you know what, nine-point underdogs, boom, pow, like we got a shot. And that was the shot was the shot in our own foot because Jesus, man, it's hard to to continue to watch this team. But somehow I just do, and I know what the outcome's going to be. I don't know how we do it. I, I, it's like us and the Browns fans, man. We I feel like we've had the most testaments that we've been going through. Maybe the Lions, you know, Lions good too. for them. Yep. But holy hell! And what's the, what's worse is I became a Jets fan the year after. Uh, franchise. So, like, they had their his rookie year and then their other year and then went to the AFC Championships. That following year is when I was like, okay, I'm a Jets fan. I like the Jets. Not because they won or, or they won those playoff games once they went to the Championship because my my, um, my dad got season tickets and my ass fell for the trap and now I'm sucked in with the rest of you guys. But uh, just wanted to share my piece. First time caller. Thank you, man. Uh, thanks, Matt. Hey, go Jets. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for for calling in and, and joining the show. Uh, we appreciate that. But I hand up. I was there. You know why for this week? Because they put up points. They put up a thirty spot. There was the leaks and the rumors that Aaron Rodgers could get cleared this week. And if you listen to you know uh, McAfee today, they were gonna give it a legitimate go this week if they won and if they were still alive they are no longer alive offense played well and Miami was banged up on the defensive their offensive line they were missing multiple starters Tyreek Hill their best player was out and not only did they lose they lost by freaking 30 points they got blown out they got embarrassed you really can't make it up and that is such that's a shame i'm sorry that you missed the you know the the fun years because 2009 and 2010 yeah you know 
uh, uh, people who are fans of the Chiefs or the Eagles maybe or or these other teams that are in the playoffs all the time and winning games they you know a, a year where they go to the you know AFC championship game isn't thought of as like this this monumental thing but for us and for me it is I have very fond memories of those 2009 and 2010 New York Jets and yet they came up short they didn't win at all but a 9 and 7 regular season team and an 11 and 5 regular season team are that's what I got I have those two teams 2004 was good a 10 and 6 year won a playoff game 2006 they also went 10 and 6 and was more surprising a wait with Favre was fun until the wheels you know came out with his injury you know, fell off with his injury but Really frustrating. And I fell right into that trap, too, like a fool, like an absolute fool. Let's go to another first-time caller. Jerome from Savannah wants to talk his draft plan. Matt O'Leary, thank you so much for taking my call. This is Jerome from Savannah. How are you? I wanted to begin by telling you you're a great content creator, sir, and a very valuable member of the Jets fandom. Thank you. Uh, I discovered your channel back during the pandemic, and although I find myself very frequently disagreeing with you. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I think you're, like I said, a wonderful content creator, and I always look forward to your videos. So thank you so much for, um, thank you so much for your contribution there. Thank you. I wanted to take a moment to do a little thought of it experiment. Uh, let's say that Aaron Rodgers did not injure himself back in September against the Bills. What do you think the Jets' record would be at this point in the season? Because if you believe that that record is any greater than seven wins. I have some oceanfront property in Nebraska I can get you a great deal on. Um, with this offensive line and the, let's say, limited capacity of Rodgers' lackeys, i.e. Alan Lazard and Bramble Cobb at all, I don't know that there's a whole lot that would have been different at this point in the year. And I am afraid that we will be having exactly this conversation at this point next year. Because, again, if Rodgers is not a particularly mobile quarterback, and I don't know who would be at 40 years old coming off of Achilles surgery, I'm 42, and I can tell you that my mobility is not nearly what it was when I was uh, your age, Mr. O'Leary, that playing behind this offensive line, he's going to, I mean, well, let's hope not. But he's in line for another injury of the kind that Zach Wilson uh, suffered on Sunday, whether it was head, neck, dehydration, whatever it was. Still waiting to hear on that, I think. <laughs> in any event, I think the Jets would be very smart, if you'll allow me. Sure. Uh, draft a quarterback with the selection, presumably it's the fifth or sixth pick, oh. uh, by season's end. Take Jaden Daniels if he's still on the board. Uh, who knows if Caleb, Caleb Williams drops because of some such nonsense, nonsensical controversy that Mel Kuyper and company come up with and manufacture by April. Um, and try to get started on what is inevitable, which is another wasted season because of bad quarterback play and bad offensive line play. If you take Joe Alt or uh, the individual, uh, I think his name is pronounced Oli Fashano, I hope I'm yes. pronouncing that correctly, or J.C. Latham. Adding them to the roster, is that going to make the line somehow like that much better? 
I think it only makes the wine better marginally so, and not enough to withstand, um, you know, Miami and... Uh, his three minutes hit, so the, he got cut off there. But interesting. Okay, so I guess not surprising, Jerome, as you said in the beginning of your call. I'm going to disagree with you. I, I don't agree, but I will say... We don't, everyone doesn't have to agree on any on everything, number one. But I, you were respectful and, and very kind to me. You buttered me up really good before you got into something that I was going to disagree with. So uh, I appreciate that rather than the, the, the name-calling and the uh, heated and sometimes way too personal <laughs> comment section. So uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, Jerome. And, I, and I, I'll tell you my perspective. I hear where you're coming from on drafting a quarterback in the first round and if those top two guys are off the board, Jaden Daniels is an interesting one, but I don't know why that would be the Jets' plan for the in the in the first round, and then going back to I guess I'm going to backtrack it now, but we'll get we'll come full circle in a moment here. I don't. I think the Jets are at least three wins better with Aaron Rodgers at at, at least. Atlanta game, you absolutely win with better quarterback play. New England, you absolutely win with better quarterback play. And probably one of, I'll give, I'll say the the Raiders game, but you can make a case the Chargers won too because the reason why the Chargers were able to score points, the, the Jets had uh, Justin Herbert in hell that night. The reason why they scored was two of the touchdowns were right off of a fumble from from Zach Wilson where they gained possession inside the 10 and then another time where they were uh, at the, I believe it was like the 50 where their possession began. So they didn't have to go very far on these drives to get in the end zone. I do think Nathaniel Hackett uh, with his flaws is something that Aaron Rodgers would be able to overcome and I think you're minimizing what an elite quarterback can do. And Aaron Rodgers is an elite-level quarterback. We saw Joe Burrow with the worst offensive line in the league playing a Super Bowl a couple years ago. We saw Eli Manning on the 2011 Giants win a Super Bowl with the 31st-ranked offensive line. Uh, a better offensive line helps. And if you are not to that level where you could elevate others around you, Zach Wilson and no other quarterback on this roster is, and most backup quarterbacks aren't, and someone like a Derek Carr level or you know a mid-tier starter, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, whatever, they cannot elevate things around them and get to a point where you can win in spite of your flaws. Aaron Rodgers did that for most of his career. I mean, what... Um, I must have Mike McDaniels. <laughs> Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's offense in that offensive line, they did not have a good offense. Billy Turner was his starting offensive lineman during his MVP years. So I, I, I don't I don't buy that aspect of it. And then I was surprised to hear you go, they need offensive line. No one can perform under this offensive line. But I don't want to draft an offensive lineman. Instead, I'm going to go quarterback. And I understand your... You want a, a long-term answer after Aaron Rodgers. But I do think a Joe Alt or Fashanu is an absolute must because the Jets need two new tackles for no matter who is quarterbacking. And one of them could maybe be Elijah Vera Tucker if you want to move him out. 
because it's probably easier to replace a guard than it is a tackle. But Mekhi Becton and Dwayne Brown will not be here next year. So whether it's through the draft, a trade, or free agency, you have to do whatever it is to find multiple starters on the offensive line. So I would absolutely take Alt or Freshanu. And I'm not saying don't take a quarterback at any point, but with Rodgers being here for at least two more years, I think you could take a mid-round guy, have him sit for a couple years, and maybe that's your answer. Or if not, worst case scenario, he's probably your long-term backup, like Mason Rudolph with the with the Steelers. You could then move up to take your guy in 2026, or you could take a, a quarterback higher in 2025, Rodgers' final year. I, I think they need their first-round pick has to be an impact player for the 2024 team. So we differ in philosophy, which, again, I I understand why you disagree and we don't have to agree on everything, but I appreciate the conversation, uh, Jerome. I really do. Let's go out to Don from South Carolina next. Hey, Matt. Don from South Carolina. What's up, Just calling. I'm not even going to talk about the game because it doesn't deserve our breath. Um, Fair. I have some... Genuine questions, not genuine questions. They're kind of jokes, but there's some slight desire for them to be true. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, the Los Angeles Angels and the MLB drafted a pitcher with every single pick in the draft a couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I think I heard that somewhere. Yes. Um, I How opposed would you be if we just attacked this draft and every single pick we just went up and down the line <laughs> and just drafted best available? Just and then we in the off season we got QB two a backup veteran and then we got some names in free agency for wide receivers and we just added some juice like how I mean obviously the chance of that happening is very slim because that's not how we draft but I would I wouldn't mind like the most obvious like we need to address this need type of draft um, in the history and also my second question is. I'm Italian, so we're su- we're very superstitious people. There we um, go. I am a firm believer, as long uh, um, as well as other Jets fans, that we are a cursed franchise. I think we need to go, and I think we need to bless this whole freaking organization building. I think we need to bring a priest in and sage the building, and I think we have the evil eye. I think we. Need, I think we need to do something. I think like there's a curse in MetLife and the organization that. At this point, just just bring some priests in and pray over the area and and get some sage and some holy water and just get these demons out of here because there's nothing that is going right for decades and decades and decades, and I'm tired of it. Anyway, enjoy your Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Yes, you too. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and yours. I appreciate the call. Now, I understand the, the sentiment there or the thought there with going offensive line and just going right down the board and going, okay, you have... The Jets are going to have seven or eight picks in this draft because they're going to have at least two or three, I believe three comp picks in the seventh round and like pick swap things. So seven or eight picks. If all of those guys are offensive linemen, not good roster building. You might say, well, Matt, that's their biggest need. Agree. But how many offensive linemen are you carrying on your 53-man roster? Probably 10. Probably 10, maybe 11. 
not not everyone you draft is going to be able to make your roster then if you're carrying 10 or 11 because that's seven or eight guys plus anyone else who you are signing or adding and how many of those would you think would be actual starters maybe you're hoping the first rounder for sure and then maybe a third or fourth round pick is probably a starter but the chances of you getting all you know bunches of starters in round three through seven maybe you get one or two in in that range I, I think there are still other needs. Off, offensive line, wide receiver, heavy draft. I would, I'm would. i not saying ignore offensive line. I think in my latest mock draft, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure I took three offensive linemen. Um, that is, and, and the first pick was offensive linemen. And the fourth or fifth round that went back to O-line. But yeah, you, gotta, you have to load up on the line, no matter how you slice it. So with that much, I, I agree with, but... Uh, unfortunately, with how you know rosters were constructed, and with the Angels, they have the baseball. You have the minor leagues, and you know you have guys in your organization, and you know they don't have to be on the twenty-five or twenty-six man you know roster. And it's not built that way. You have the practice squad, sure, but you have to go through waivers and and all that stuff to make it onto the practice squad. And you chance losing those guys. There's only so many spots on the practice squad, so a little bit different because in MLB there's more there's multiple developmental leagues before you get to the MLB or the NFL. There's really not. So um, I think that's the the biggest thing there. Let's next go to who do we got next? Uh, Jane Jersey. He's out on Becton. All right, let's do it. Hey, what's up, Matt? Uh, Jason Jersey. Just wanted what's up, to dude? say, going to be honest, I've been a Becton truther. I have this, this, this whole time, but I mean, there's no, value there at this point. I mean, you, there's no way you could re-sign this guy to an extension or or anything after that last performance. I mean, it's not like it was just one game either. It was the past few games have definitely been rocky. I mean, could it be Tomlinson next to him, you know, not playing well at all either? Sure, but nah, I just think he's got he's to gotta go. they got to cut ties there. Well, they will going to walk at the end of the season. Hopefully they don't offer him a contract, but uh Honestly, is there any way we save any money by cutting Tomlinson this year? I don't know when his contract is up exactly. I don't know if it's one more year or two more years. But if we cut him this year, I mean, I know it's like opening another hole in that line, but, I mean, dude was also horrible yesterday. Um, it's just crazy how bad this is. It's almost like that Adam Gates here bad. Like, it's, it's just mind-boggling, honestly. I don't know how Salah doesn't take, like, any credibility. He seems like a great guy, but, I mean, like, dude, you got to have the team ready to play somewhat. I mean, yeah, it was bad. that was, like, your last hoorah game right there to say, like, oh, like, we can still be something. You got the, you know, rumors of Rodgers maybe playing and all this, but now they come out completely flat. I mean, you could say the D played, like, had some streaky good plays, and I mean, would they still drop thirty on us? I, I, yep. It's I don't know. We put up a big goose egg, right? I mean, it's it's just so pathetic. I mean, and honestly, the Wilson like quitting on the team thing—I truly don't think that's it. I mean, no. Honestly, he probably only hurt his career playing the rest of that game yesterday. I mean, he's just going to either get hurt physically if he did it already, and then I mean, how could you even produce behind the line like that? It's really insane, but hopefully we get a stud tackle in the uh, first round of the draft and maybe just take all offensive linemen and wide receivers this draft. I don't okay. know. But 
As always, go Jets. Am I right? Absolutely. I appreciate that. Thank you for calling in. It's uh, it's totally, totally fair. And uh, I, by the way, I looked it up for um, for our guy Lakin Tomlinson. It's not great. So I, I'm with you. I'm out on Makai Becton too. He has not played well enough to bring back. But here's the numbers for Lakin Tomlinson. If they were to cut him, he frees up 10.7 million dollars in cap space. That's good. The bad news, twofold. One, $8 million in dead cap, so I don't know if they'd be willing to eat that $8 million, even though it doesn't count towards the cap. The end, you have to find yet another starter. So let's play the game for a second. You cut Lincoln Tomlinson, which I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and bang the drum that you absolutely have to bring him back. I think he's probably back, but let's say you cut Lincoln Tomlinson. Then you have Joe Timmon at center. AVT at right guard, probably, and have to find three starters instead of having to find two starters. And it's making it a little bit more complicated to do that all in one offseason. Is it possible? Yes. Is it challenging? I think it makes it a little bit more challenging for you. But uh, a good a good call there, that's for sure. Jake in NYC wants to talk some Joe D. Let's do it. Hey, Matt. It's Jake from NYC. Uh, firstly, congrats on 200 episodes. Obviously, Thank you, man. it's very jets that this is the content they gave you to work with on your 200th show. So, congrats to you, bro. Um, yes. I just wanted to call in and talk about like the mediocrity that just runs so deep in this in this franchise. Like Joe Douglas, I've been a fan. I, I can't defend him anymore, bro. Like he he just punted on the season the second Rogers went down. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum. Rogers going down, terrible luck terrible there's no excusing it it was rough and it probably capped our ceiling for this season but that's not an excuse to give up man and you see it every other franchise around the league would have done something anything like yes the job the josh dobbs uh thing is probably dead now that he got benched but at least minnesota tried when their quarterback went down we didn't even try you know like i get it it's a tough situation this is the only franchise where the second Rodgers goes down, oh, that's it. That's the excuse for the year. It's built in. Everyone's safe. Everyone's coming back. You all keep your jobs uh, because we have this built-in excuse. It's the only franchise that would accept that. Any other coach would have been fired at this point by the end of the year. Yep. And same thing with the GM, man. It's it's tough. But, again, congrats to you. I just want to get your Thank thoughts. You, and, uh, yeah, go Jets. Yeah, it's that's kind of what I was saying in, in the start of this show was that – their leash is actually longer than I think a lot of people understand. Like, well, you know, these things don't happen overnight. Overnight, True. I mean, some, sometimes rebuilds go a little bit quicker. It helps when you hit on the quarterback. But also at the same time, like, it, it's been a long time. Like, Sol- uh, Douglas, rather, has 80 games under his belt. He's going to hit 100 next year if he's here, which he will. It'll be 100 games. That's a lot. That's a big sample. And and Salah's been, been three years. Three years. And even if you just want to link them both up on that three-year timeline, which I think is unfair. I think at absolute minimum for Douglas, four. But it's still four drafts, four free agency periods for Douglas, and three years for Robert Salah. And we're seeing same mistakes over and over and over and over again, which makes me question if they are the guys. As I said, quarterbacks can help hide things, so you got to hope that Rodgers does that next year. Dan from Atlanta, he's got a rant. All right, let's let's do this rant. 
Hey, Matt, this is Dan from Atlanta. Um, I called in with not really a question, man. I, I just I just want to rant. Do it. Right, can I rant, please? Sure. Where do I even begin with this team, man? Um, I mean, I mean, Salah and JD, they, they have to go. They, I've seen enough of these guys. They have done nothing for this organization. It's been so bad, so bad, man. Like, I, I can't even deal with it anymore. Joe Douglas has a worse record as a GM than Mike McCagnan. That's so bad. And people praise him like he's this awesome GM. And same with Salah. Like, you have so many fans that want to keep him. They're like, oh, he's a good motivator. Like, I don't care, man. This team loses year in and year out. Last time I saw this team in the playoffs was eighth grade. I'm 27 now. Like, that's not okay. That's not normal. Like, no other fan base has to go through stuff like this. I'm just over it. I'm just so over it. And I, I don't know. Like, they, they gotta fire everybody. And I mean, if Rogers doesn't like that, like, I don't know. He can go too. I'm, I'm just so over it. I'm so done with this team. Um, I'm sure everybody else is, but I'm just, I can't do it anymore. They broke me. They, they truly broke me. I'm usually pretty calm, cool and collected about this team, but, I, I just can't do it anymore. Another losing season. When does it end? When does it end, Matt? Please let me know. Well, anyways, just had to get that off my chest. Uh, let me know what you think about this team. I mean, I'm, what else can we say about this team? It's, it's just been so bad. <laughs> but anyways, I, I won't use up any more of your time. Uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for calling in and for letting the rant out. You, you gotta. You, sometimes you just gotta do it. And, you know, we hit on a lot of the things, but I just, there's something you mentioned when you're saying you're in eighth grade the last time the Jets made the playoffs and you're 27 or going to be 27 years old. It, it is remarkable how much has changed in the last 13 years and how many milestones people have hit in their life in between Jets playoff appearances. I was in 10th grade when the Jets made the playoffs. I'm 28, I'm going to be 29 years old in a few months. They graduated high school. College, got my first job, left that job to be a, a sports writer, left and pretty much started my own business creating content about this team. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. <laughs> a relationship, family members lost, unfortunately. Like, just so much has changed. And yet the one constant, this team missing the playoffs and having losing seasons you have every right to vent the, today is the episode 200 is perfect for a venting session speaking of episode 200 would it be a milestone episode without hearing from travis from ohio travis what do you got hey man what's up man happy 200 buddy thank you my friend long time listener since day one is and so happy for you. You're the man. I, I think episode six maybe was the first time I called in. And you've put up with me for that whole time. Now 200 episodes. And it's longer than most of my other like, relationships. So you know I love you. Thank you, man. Anyway. I appreciate that. Uh, our biggest thing, like, the Shohei Otani contract last last week when he signed 
for that record-breaking deal. Full disclosure, I'm also an Angels fan. Okay. So I'm used to all kinds of disappointment. But guess what? At least I got a championship in my lifetime with them. And we didn't get one with him. And our three seasons with Otani, even though he's a freak, he's the man. Um, two-time MVP. I don't think he finished the season healthy. And he didn't bring us a championship. So... You see the correlation here. Like one, I like pro teams outside of Ohio because <laughs> nice for some reason. Two, just because you got the best player on the field does not mean that that will get you to the promised land. You need them to be durable. And obviously looking at our roster for the past couple of years, I mean, we raved about AVT how much we love him and his versatility and what a beast he is when he plays. So was Otani. Same thing with Rodgers. My God, I loved Rodgers even back when the Packers drafted him and thought he should have got Alex Smith draft spot. But this year, he's Shohei Otani. So availability is the best availability or yep. ability. Yep. And you know. That's why I keep shooting my shot with Mrs. Wilson. She's Mormon. Hey. Can't hurt. Just kidding, buddy. <laughs> no, I love you. I'm not kidding about that. Congrats again about number two hundred. Thank you, ma'am. And um God bless this season. Just get over with so we can start talking about what kind of players we get in the draft and that sucks with the expectations we had for this year but at one point we were the six ah, it cut him off but thank you Travis as always a, a day one OG if there ever was one and it, it's that time and I Shohei Otani with you know get, getting hurt and you know with the comparison availability the best you know is is the best ability they got to figure it the F out, man. Injuries have derailed this team the last two years. It can't happen again. There's no more excuses for this regime, this staff, either side of the ball. Figure it the F out. And, oh, also, by the way, you're running back with Aaron Rodgers. Let's try to protect him. Let's try to keep him upright. Get as many offensive linemen in here as you can. We close out with Peter from the beautiful, beautiful Hudson Valley. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from up in the beautiful but yet still wet Hudson Valley after yesterday's rainstorm. Still numb to the fact of this terrifically flaccid Jets loss on Sunday to the Dolphins. Being shut out 30 to nothing. What a great feeling that was. Calling in now. (laughs) Been thinking about this game for the past couple of days and just this season in its entirety. Um, loving the fact that you're already into off-season mode and doing the yeah, gotta. mock drafts on Mondays. And, you know, looking ahead to the off-season, since that's the thing that Jets always seem to win every year, quote-unquote. Um, obviously, I think if Salah and Douglas are retained at the end of the season, they need to uh, cut ties with Carl Lawson, C.J. Osama, Dwayne Brown, start, you know, getting the cap savings with those guys out of the picture and 
possibly restructuring some contracts of guys who might be making a little bit too much. JSM, Mosley again, possibly, and others. Agree. And, uh, you know, once they do that, that gives them room to sign, you know, veteran free agents as the new league year opens sometime in mid-March. But my question is this. With a 40-year-old Rodgers under center, the offensive line needing help, the interior defensive line needing healthy bodies, uh, more help at wide receiver, maybe trading for Devontae Adams in the offseason, what's really going to be the incentive for any veterans to want to come to this team next year? Mm. Since obviously Salah and Nathaniel Hackett and, and guys are going to be coaching for their professional lives right now. Um, if this team doesn't, you know, have a winning record and make the playoffs, which, which has got to be the mandate in 2024, why would anyone want to come here and play for the Jets before they even have a draft <laughs> to get, you know, the rest of the needs filled? So that's my question for this week. Maybe you can give me some insight as to what, you know, veterans are going to want to, uh, you know, see in the Jets and coming on board next year. And just want to say congratulations on 200 podcast episodes. Thank you, man. Here's to 200 more, and hopefully by the time you reach 250, maybe we are talking about a winning team <laughs> next year. Yes. Let's hope, and let's go Jets. Fingers crossed. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you checking in with us. I hope by this time next year when we're creeping up on 250, right? Because uh, 250 will be at some point in late November, December, I'd imagine. So hopefully it's a winning team and trying to talk about you know, the rooting guide for playoff seating rather than rooting guide for, oh, there's an out. You're the, the 13th seed and got to find the way into the playoffs or, oh, rooting guide for losses and improving draft stock. None of that BS. But let's do the, the veterans. Why would veterans want to come here? I, I think there is some incentive with playing for Aaron Rodgers. We saw it with Dalvin Cook. Unfortunately, the Dalvin Cook signing was not a very good one. But uh, Devontae Adams reunion, another wide receiver uh, I, I'm okay with trading for Devontae Adams. I don't, by the way. People are worried about giving up a first-round pick. It is not costing you a first-round pick. I can promise you that much. Potentially, I, I, my guess would be a third this year, and then the following year, maybe like a third or another mid-round pick. It's it's not the same as the Devontae Adams trade of a couple of years ago. It is actually completely different now as he's older and the contract situation. Um, they, they could absolutely work it out and get him in here the Jets remember not that long well it is a long time almost 10 years ago now but they traded a fifth round pick for Brandon Marshall um, slightly different circumstances but I, I think you could do something similar I think they would have a better shot on getting guys on the offensive side of the ball to play with Rodgers the, the Hackett one isn't an appealing thing and on the defensive side of the ball like players and guys around the league they love Robert Sala he might not be a great coach, but they love him. And defensively, his his scheme is a friendly one for cover corners and ones uh, and and defensive linemen who can get after the quarterback and linebackers who can fly around. So I, I don't think it'll be as challenging as maybe some might might think. But Rodgers might have to put away the the Cobb and uh, Mercedes Lewis toys and let's not. Let's not do the David Bakhtiari conversation, please. Let's let's hold off from that. I can't. I don't want to see him on the MetLife turf. That's going to do it for me in episode 200. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. Subscribe if you're new. If you get the show in audio form, make sure to subscribe. Leave a comment. It really helps out a lot. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment. Share with a friend. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.